everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 77. Of course, Dusty Hanshaw, myself, Ron Partlow. I got no hat on today. We got a lot of Instagram questions right here on It's Just Bodybuilding. Episode 77, Dusty, the Ray Bork episode. I know, that made me so excited when you said that earlier. Just, I always love when I slide a hockey reference in there. I mean, Bruins, too, that's old-time hockey. I think it's my one redeeming quality as a Canadian. I think if I if I didn't have any hockey knowledge, you probably would have disposed of me a long time ago as a Canadian. Yeah, you wouldn't, that doesn't, you're going to be Canadian at that point. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't even talk Canadian either. Like, you're not an overly A guy. You know what I mean? I drop them in there. I drop them in there. Maybe I'm just conscious of it when I'm around very judgy people, Dusty. Or I'm as Canadian as anyone else, and I don't catch them. <clears throat> Could be possibly, that. possibly possible. How how have you been doing? You're still 300 plus. How's the 300 plus life? You know what? It's it's been surprisingly comfortable. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm shocked. I did get a uh, sleep study. Oh. And I still do not have sleep apnea. Really? Which is blows my mind. <clears throat> now, now, do you think there's a reason you don't have sleep apnea? Like, or do you just think you're lucky? I think I'm just lucky. Because right, it doesn't, like, everyone I know, uh, number one, I don't really snore. Yeah. Uh, at 300 pounds is crazy. <clears throat> um, if I do, I know exactly why. I can only sleep on one side. Um, but I thought, because I was having sleep issues, I was like, you know what? I wonder if I'm waking up and not knowing. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> because of that, you know, so got that done. And yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing abnormal. Uh, and and the only abnormal thing is being my size and not <clears throat> really did, having any. Did they tell you how many times, how many times did you wake up? Uh, you know, what was interesting is, so I, I don't wake up much. The issue is the same thing I have at home. When I wake up, I'm up. So I don't wake up. You know, we typically do a sleep study. You wake up, you fall asleep. Like people don't even know they're waking up. Right. They're just coming yeah. out of the just coming out of the sleep. It's like a brainwave thing. It's not even a like a wake up yeah. thing. So yeah. You know, basically they said my my patterns of sleep are normal, but when I actually wake up, even if I'm exhausted and it's only been three hours, I literally will lay there now for three hours. Right. So you weren't because <laughs> I'm just wondering what the threshold like. You know, theoretically, like let's say you got six hours of sleep. And you woke up 10 times. Yeah. Is that sleep apnea? Like how many, how yeah, many times an hour? Because that was my, I mean, I went in there and told them straight up. The only reason I was there was assuming sleep apnea because quite honestly, I was also looking at it as an edge. Like if I even have a little bit, yeah, I can get my insurance to script me for the machine and use it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't care about using it, especially now that the new ones are like up your nose. It doesn't even bother you. Um, but I wouldn't even qualify. So, yeah. That's up. Huh. <clears throat> the whole no, goal was to get some free shit, same as always. You know, I'm trying to get a t-shirt. You know, I, I always I always thought I should probably get one done, but now I've dropped like a bunch of weight. And I I remember I snored when I first hit 300. So right. I, my my first time hitting 300 was in 2001. And I just... Some of you guys weren't born yet, but trust me, there wasn't yeah. no one. And, and it was like full-blown like D-ball and Burger King, like I said. Like it was... Yes, it was a... I wonder what the case is. And I was that. snoring. I definitely. I, snore I did snore. So I can't sleep on my back though. Oh, I yeah. will snore on my back for sure. Yeah, I you can't know. sleep on my back. I just 
don't. Yeah, I've fallen fall asleep, asleep like on a couch and stuff before that way. Yeah, and and I will have an, like then I can't you know then I'm waking up. Um, but yeah, I, I I also wonder though too, when you became 300 leaner, I bet you weren't doing that anymore. No, I like I said, I snored when I first hit 300, but then like you know years and years later, I found out I wasn't snoring at that weight. So, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, they say it as it's like largely dependent on the circumference of your neck um, is like the stat. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's a frightening. No wonder I don't have an issue. <laughs> I think I think the the three main factors are the, the number one factor is being male. Check. Because like that one. <laughs> almost no females have sleep apnea because it's they're just not big enough. Mm-hmm. And then. um and then, of course, circumference in the neck is like a huge predictor. And then I think now, body it, weight. If it's smaller and you're big or it being big? Being big. <clears throat> the, like the bigger your neck is, the more likely you have sleep apnea statistically. That's interesting. Yeah. So, but just, of course, you know. I always joke that the reason I have such a big neck is because I have such a huge head. So it's like it's, it's had to hold this fucking thing. Yeah. My, I mean, you <clears throat> When I was, I was a kid, it was, you know, the, the orange on the toothpick, like, you know, so I married an axe murderer. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I have, uh, when I had I had a suit made, Matt and I, like two years ago, I think, and the guy measured my neck and it was 22 and a half inches. Right. Yeah, he oh, measured yeah. it, was like, well, I knew it was big. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real deal, big neck. I know, I've been no neck club since like 1993, so, you know, <laughs> I spent many years just like that, you know. <laughs> the traps to the to the delts. That's oh, yeah, <laughs> just a mountain of just just nothing but hoodie, you know. Fucking love so, it. Okay, so everything's going good for you then. You're strong, you're healthy. Yeah, body feels great. I'm actually took, um, I'm gonna, I've take, I will have taken five days off straight, um, intentionally just... Tommy's getting ready to uh, start prep for junior nationals. Oh, okay. Um, so I told him, I was like, you know what? I want you to take some days off. I'm going to do know, the I'll same. Do too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, usually I lose my mind if I'm not in the gym. It's been good. been relaxed. I did lower my food intentionally because I decided, all right, before we do this really big push, because uh, uh, Condemned and I are going to do a video series on 16 weeks. So it's okay. going to be like a prep of off-season. You know what right, I mean? right, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, "Fuck it." So I've been eating four or five times a day, um, yeah. which obviously, but small. You know, I, I think I like I last meal I had was ten ounces of steak and three hundred grams of rice, like normal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not normal three hundred pound guy meals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not I'm not looking forward to uh, Wednesday when I got to get back at it because I'm, I'm going down there and filming with them, and uh, we'll be back to normal. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Um, things here are great. My hamstrings healing. Are you back on the bike? No, not yet. I'm being very cautious. Um, I did, uh, a decent leg workout the other day, you know, like I went with like the, you know, like warm up prep weights. Right. And I did like super careful, deliberate, like leg curls and presses and I did some pendulums, but like, you know, a l- less weight, but but I moved the weight, so it was actually pretty hard. I actually failed on a couple sets, so it was like, good. How'd you feel you in know. the stretch? Solid, solid. Yeah, yeah. I I did some uh, hyper extensions, yeah, so I, I was able to do my first like, <laughs> you know, first stretch load hip extension exercise. Yeah, that's why, that's why I asked. I was like, we all know that you can curl. It's 
can yeah. you get the curl to the full stretch or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it feels good. And uh, it's funny how fucking pumped. Um, well, first of all, my legs, cause I had hardly tr- done anything for like a month, right? I'd just mm-hmm. been doing extensions. So, uh, the pump was like brutal and agonizing. And I was like leg pressing eight plates for sets of 10, like real careful. And my, no, I was pretty sore, but the, the pump was just outrageous. And then, uh, and then the, the, the pump in that hamstring is extra outrageous. <laughs> so it's like, it, there's still something going on there that causes it to like, feel like it's got to pull extra blood or something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's got to help it. You'd think getting it just engorged with blood would help it. You do, so, any, do you have your, uh, your tissue guy do any cupping on it to keep it open? No, I've been, uh, scraping the shit out of it with my Graston tool mm-hmm. and gunning it every day, every second day. Right. And, uh, once I gun it and scrape it, I do like toe touch holds and, you know, some groin stretches and really working on it. So I yeah, because like it actually, if you, I don't know why anybody who puts a cup on you and leaves it there is fucking confused. Uh, that's been debunked a hundred years ago. If you put it on and move it around, it is actually separating. So tissue and what's on top of muscle from muscle and you move it, you'll actually feel and hear like gravel. And then as you keep going, it'll go away. If you right. add that to the mix now that you're healthy, You'll be stunned. I have my clients buy cupping tools because they're oh. cheap. And as long as you don't crank it on yourself, you won't fuck yourself up. Because, you know, I've never been convinced by what I've seen and read of like cupping. And I see people with everything just stuck to them laying there. And I've always just been like, I'm not convinced. Yeah. Do same thing. Only you move it. Huh. So okay. you actually feel it separate because now everything else is, is pressing into it. You know what I mean? You're, you're grasping and everything else. Now you're actually separating and pulling shit apart. It brings blood there. You'll feel it get warm. Okay. And then when you do the tissue on top of it, it'll loosen like half the time. Okay. Well, you know, I'm open-minded. I'll give <clears> it a try. I'm super smart, a.k.a. my genius PT does that. And I a.k.a. you pay other people to tell you what's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Understandable. That's all of my smarts. From, I'm a great cool man. I have Google-level knowledge of the whole universe. <laughs> like know? Elon said, it's already done. Yeah. And if I... and. And if I, and if I hear, if I hear it on one of my podcasts, then I just think, oh, well, that's straight from like a PhD guy. Wow. So I have a PhD level knowledge of that topic. So I'm a doctor. Yeah. There you go. Essentially. And I take shots. I mean, how am I not a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's not, that's okay. Do you want to start with questions or do you have some stuff you want to chat about? Let's, let's do questions. And that always seems to lead us down a. Yeah. we don't, we don't tend to get, I'm learning about bands. We, we don't tend to get much done with the questions. So, okay. Um, well, here's one. Let's start with this one. Um, currently no appetite in the off season at all. And I've still got months to go. It just feels like it's shut down. How do you deal with this? Uh, an easy fix is, uh, to do like 10, 15 minutes of walking before you eat. Every time. Like once a day, you mean, or what? I mean, as often as you want. I mean, I'm not saying go on a treadmill, like walk. Yeah. Just boost things up. So when I'm dead in the office, now granted, not everybody has a schedule to make that happen. But anytime you do, like say you're working, you're going to have lunch, you got an hour, take 10 or 15 minutes and get outside and just do that. Crazy. I mean, you yeah. can do it in your suit. Like walk, promise that meal will go down easier. So 
you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, at least you do that, it'll boost you up a ton. Right. And, again, right. and, and don't count toward your cardio and don't be, and also cardio is in the mix. I think so many guys, and this is where you and I don't, don't do this the same. I'm a believer in cardio in the off season for both the heart and because it, it helps your appetite. Yeah, you know? no, I, I actually tell, that's the first thing I tell guys is if you can't eat your food, let's add some cardio. Um, <clears throat> and I should have done that more. Uh, like looking back, I would have done more off season cardio. Um, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I didn't, I mm-hmm. was in that kind of old school, like, nah, save the cardio, you know what I mean? But I would have done a little bit more of something off season, but I think it's a good way to keep your appetite up. And then the other option is of course you could like, I mean, fuck, maybe he'd benefit from, uh, doing like something unorthodox, like a 24 hour fast just once. Mm-hmm. That might like jolt them or maybe just do a two week mini cut or something. I know you don't want to waste time in the off season, but sometimes that's how you get ahead. So I guess it just depends. Plus, I think also some some guys <clears throat> eat so much junk that it processes yeah. slower. Clean up like, your off clean season. Clean up your food. Yeah. What, what's your off season actually look like? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know a lot of people that use the off season as like, well, I just got to get calories. And I agree to a point. Right. But when I'm in the in the gist and nailing my off season and I throw in like a, I don't know, a complete shit meal, whatever that would be, something really right. garbage, the next one's really hard for me to get in <clears throat> versus chicken and rice. And like I press food with things like avocado where it's like it's a ton of calories and it's very little substance. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but that fat versus the fat from a, you know, chili cheeseburger, it's a different thing. <laughs> Like as far as how it's going to weigh you down, if you can eat that way and still get your food down, I don't see anything wrong with it though. That's the, that's where I, I find myself contradicting from one client to the next Yeah, because some yeah. of them can do it or need to do it. And others are like, man, I had that cheat meal, but then I couldn't get the six meal down. I'm like, well, that fucked us. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. No, I agree. If, if you can do your off season, but have it look like contest food on paper, mm-hmm. I bet you'll be hungrier than if it looks like a bunch of junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. All right, here's okay, one. you got one? Is failure failure? Heavyweight or lightweight? As long as you go to fail, you're going to grow? Question mark. Well, that's actually pretty much what the science is telling us. I mean, uh, I remember reading that study a while ago about that hypertrophy study. Mm-hmm. And they they said that at the end of the day, over the course of all the different, it was like a meta study and all the different stuff they saw, they said the three to 30 rep range seems to produce hypertrophy. And the only common thing was going to failure, right? Training intensely, high effort, an RPE of nine or more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so that was interesting. And then, uh, I know, uh, that Brad Schoenenfeld guy, that scientist guy, he was just on Fuad's podcast a couple of weeks ago, The Real Bodybuilding, and he talked about that study and explained it in a little bit more depth. Um, it was interesting. So I think this study said, I don't quote me on this, but I think the strength gains were obviously better with the lower reps. Right. But uh, but hypertrophy was was uh, an intensity, you know, the joint to failure seemed to be one of the triggers or close to it. I think too, and this is part of the question, you do have to pay attention to what you look like um, and what works for you because 
I do not at all doubt the, the hypertrophy. I do think hypertrophy, but I think that you have to ask your muscle what it looks like. You know, because I do think there is a common denominator on guys who, uh, I hate the word heavy, train heavier in what the muscle looks like. You know, well, like, look at Dorian, look at these guys. Like, <clears throat> there is a common denominator of weight and the equal increase in muscle mass doesn't mean it looks the same. Best way uh, I can say it. Also, I guess there's a, and this is going to be maybe hard for me to put into words, but I, I sort of suspect that <clears throat> the smaller and newer you are, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The, I mean, the weaker you're going to be. Right. So training in really heavy rep ranges mm-hmm. isn't nearly as dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? Like you get a guy who's benching two plates. Um, I mean, the, training in the five to seven rep range a lot is actually very efficient for him. Right. I mean, it. it's he gets a lot of stimulation. He's training heavy. He's developing his strength. So that adds to the, the formula down the road, blah, blah, blah. Whereas a guy who's like already like your size, I mean, you could do a 15 rep set and get like, or a 20 rep set of anything and get like crazy activation and failure of all your fibers and right. you know, your nervous system is more adapted and all that sort of stuff. So there, there might be like all these nuances in there that aren't part of that study. Yeah. And you definitely want to, that's what I'm saying is when you, <clears throat> when you get these facts, take them into account because yeah. you know this, I mean, over the years you have even guided me on some of it. It's like, Okay, you're you're the strength now. Where I understand what's heavy to you for ten is this is the same, just higher weight than someone else for ten. But you've got ligaments and joints and things that aren't made for that anymore. So how can you make it harder to force yourself to bring the weight down? Yeah, I <laughs> you know just I mean? remember when I did a lot of did, did a lot of conversations about like, well, maybe you should go slower instead of adding more weight, or maybe you should pause at the bottom instead of adding more weight, or you know what I mean? The only so the number one thing that that I I think of when that topic comes up is I remember Dorian once said that looking back, he said he developed so much strength and power that he became a danger to himself. Right. What did you say and something just, about he was using a machine and the machine moved? That he was doing leg extensions and he was so explosive that the machine would shift on every rep. <laughs> and out uh, the door. <laughs> so there's like a full stack with fucking plates on it and he's hitting the top so hard that the machine is <clears throat> becoming weightless for a split millisecond and shifting on the floor. Right. So um you know, he was generating, I think the, yeah, he said he was generating so much power yeah. that he was a danger to himself. And then, you know, the injuries started coming. So I always just kind of, I remember when he said that, I was like, oh, that's, that could be a thing. Like I could understand that, yeah. you know, that's in, 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 in a lot of ways, that's exactly, for example, why bodybuilders always tear hamstrings when they yep. start being athletic, even when they try to avoid it because they have so much strength in those muscles like you know your leg curling entire stacks you're stiffly deadlifting 400 plus pounds you have all this unbelievable power in the hamstring that most athletes don't have yeah but uh, the the you know everything around it isn't used to the speed yeah. and the immediate stoppage and the you know what i mean of, yeah, of sure. running 
whatever. So that's why, you know, bodybuilders tend to get hurt when they, when they cross over to athletic stuff at first, because their nervous system isn't set up for all that stuff. But, you know, you could see that a, a muscle could, you know, a guy could get so powerful that, you know, the joints start going, uh, can't hold this down. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, with the running, it's, you're, you have the same level ex- of explosion, only now you don't have the 400 pounds to keep it under control. It's just yeah. your body weight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, stuff just starts hitting, stuff starts hitting the end of its length and it's just too much. Yeah. That's uh, I, I always tell when I'm trying to teach people how to train, it's like controlling the negative and then I always call it a violent explosion. And right. you see their brain like, what do you mean? And I'm like, trust me. <laughs> I, I, it's a lot when you give it. It just can't look like a lot because it's a thousand pounds on top of you. I uh, I I have a I have a session booked with my trainer, mm-hmm. my buddy Tyler, um, at the gym. He's like real athletic coach, and he's a guy that helped me with my footwork a little bit so far. So I ha- yeah, so I have a session with him on Wednesday, and we're gonna move around a bit, and you know he and also too I I send him videos of like I'm like this is this is what I want to be able to do in like five years, and I send him some videos right? right, and he messages me back. He's like. You have to learn how to fall. <laughs> I, I fucking love that. I love that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do. And he's like, on, on Wednesday, we're going to do some break falls. We're going to get you falling down. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to fall down. We're going to learn how to fall. Right. And he's like, cause it's just, it's a skill you have to have. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Totally right. I mean, I was thinking of footwork and being able to jump around, which is super important, but he's totally right. I got to learn how to fall down better. And I've actually had some really good ones. Like I've had some slams, man, but I like shoulder rolled. Like I still had the, the, the nervous pattern is still in there. And and I remember the first time I shoulder rolled out of a trick and I stood up and my whole back was just covered in dirt. And were you immediately feeling for broken things? (laughs) Yeah. I was immediately like, my God, my, and I'm like, okay, you know, and I realized I was a hundred percent fine. And I was like, holy shit. I, you know, that could have gone bad, but I managed to like, you know, yeah, had I fallen like that, so shit would have been broken for sure. Yeah, so I feel like I've gotten lucky a few times, and then the hamstring uh, pop was like a little reminder, like, you know, I'm dude, you got maybe not the first time, but when you guys get when you're comfortable doing that with him, you got to record it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I put up a few videos before when I first started moving, and then everyone just messages me, "Man, you're slow." I'm like, I haven't moved in 30 years, asshole. I love that people think that you don't that we wouldn't know that. I literally say that all the time. I'm like, dude, there's not a athletic bone. I, yeah, I had the ladder out. I had the ladder out on the turf, and I'm like doing the footwork. Right. And the important thing, because my trainer is right there. He's like, don't worry about how fast you're moving. It's, let's get the pattern right. Right. Well, that's what I'm doing. And then like ten people message me, holy shit, is that as fast as you can go? Let's fucking like, I'm like, I was literally told not to think that way when I, I got started. Told not to rush it. Yeah. Just some people. Oh, well. And then I, I, I quickly messaged them back all the helpful advice I could. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you're a giver. Okay. <clears throat> Who would survive longer on a, on a desert island? Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't say desert. It says on an island. So it could be jungle with nothing but a Swiss army knife. You were dusty. You. That's <laughs> not even a question in my life at all. Because it, it, the only thing I would be doing is sitting at the edge of the water trying to find a place where my cell phone would work to get someone to come get 
<laughs> you're just sitting there with your, I got no bars. Mom. <laughs> the meatloaf. We want it now. Fuck. I'd, I'd put a, a sharpened spear in your other hand and tell you to throw it at any fish that you saw. And then I'd go cut firewood. There's no, yeah, that would not be. I, I, I feel bad because I've, I've not represented myself well if someone <laughs> thinks that there's a shot in hell I could survive. <laughs> Dude, it's, oh, I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> I've, th- I've thought about that many times. I've thought about that. You remember, you remember the show Lost? Yes. So I remember, like, I remember, like, that, like, you know that. I remember the whole first, like, I think I watched the first four seasons religiously. But I remember just the concept of getting stuck on an island. You're like, holy fuck, it'd be. Of course, they had all that extra luggage to rummage through. Right. That wouldn't be, you know. Very helpful. Very helpful. I always thought, you know, if I was, if that was my situation, and you see all that luggage floating in the water, yeah. You got to get all that. You got to get all those bags, man. Of course. Like something might be in there. It's got a value. Imagine if you had like, even just like, imagine finding a can opener, or something, like. Or a knife. Or on board, dude. It could be anything. I mean, you're like, I, I don't know why I need this scale, but I might weigh something. Or antibiotics, or like, yeah, anything. Or just a nice, clean pair of underwear. Hey, it gets fucking cold at night, dude. Fuck. I need another jacket. You know what's oh, funny yeah. though? I mean, all, all kidding aside, it would be. I think in the beginning, for anyone, you'd be a train wreck, and then you get efficient because you have to. I mean, that's what is actually cool about the way we're wired is if you could somehow survive on accident in the beginning, you would begin to become efficient and find a way. Because at the end of the day, that's that's the old saying, you know, like I, I read a uh, it's funny and it's something I share quite a bit because suicide's a normal issue in, in uh, the world. It, it's a uh, what is it? Was it from? It's a Middle Eastern saying, but it says, you know, if you think you want to die, I have someone drop you off in the middle of the ocean and you're going to watch yourself struggle to stay alive because right. you don't want to die. You want to kill a part of yourself. Right. Uh, and same thing, like someone like me that says there's no fucking way I would die. You might find out real quickly you become a lot more resilient than you think because once you realize that the guy's not going to come fix your shit and you got to fix the refrigerator on your own. Yep. You'll give it a crack. <laughs> I might only yeah. get one because I only have one screwdriver, but whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I had to fix the, uh, the hot water heater at my house the other day. I don't like people in my house that I don't hire, so I didn't want to call, like, the maintenance person. But I had to find my screwdriver because I only have one, and I had only moved in this place a couple months ago. So I looked, at, I looked for it for, like, 10 minutes, and I realized it was more efficient to just go buy another new screwdriver oh you couldn't find it i didn't look long enough i was like it's fucking gone whatever i'll just buy another one <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> all right but shit it was my turn and i wasn't paying attention son of a bitch you have to go again because i'm not doing my job <clears throat> What's you have to go again have to go you're again. probably ready okay uh most disgusting meal you've used for gains Ooh. You ever do like you know he he says chicken shakes blended meat ever? What happened? Oh, we blanked out for a minute. Uh, I mean I've blended food before, you know to get just to get it down. Right. But 
I mean, for me now in hindsight, like the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten was just regular tuna and green beans was a normal part of my prep for weeks one time. Right. So it's, it's disappointing in what he's looking for in the answer. But uh, as far as to gain weight, it's never been too crazy because what I typically do, because I actually understand macros and they're like, unlike most bodybuilders are so hardcore, um, I eliminate things and make it easier. Like if I can't get food down, I drink a Coke to get carbs. Right, right, right. So I just simplify it down until it works, you know. So the only thing you might get out of me is a wide variety of food to make the calories work. So I'd say as far, he says for gains. So contest time, I would say tuna and green beans all mashed up in a bowl would probably be the most disgusting thing. And I ate that a lot. Yeah, we've all like, done that. That's when all you're, speed. Just get when it down. When your carbs are, are low, you just dump hot sauce on it and just fucking mash it all up. And you steam the shit out of the green beans so they're really easy to eat. Yeah, that was disgusting. And then I remember uh, back when I was in Australia, I used to put my oatmeal in a right. bowl. And uh-huh. then I'd crack like six egg whites into it mm-hmm. and a whole egg. The microwave it? And I'd mash, like stir it up with cinnamon. I'd just mash it all up and I'd microwave it for a minute, stir it, mic it, stir it, mic it, stir it. I'd do that like four times until it was like thick porridge. Yeah. And uh, then I'd dump some like vanilla protein powder in there and some berries and just eat that. Yeah. Man, that used to give me the worst gas. <laughs> but you kept doing it. <laughs> but I kept doing it because it was just cheap and... I just saw bodybuilders were supposed to have gas. You know, you're young. I was like 19. <laughs> like, oh, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm supposed to have gas, you know? And uh, so it's interesting when people talk about the pasteurized egg whites and normal egg whites because pasteurized egg whites never give me gas. Agreed. Right? And if I cook normal egg whites, if I cook them, I'm fine. But that middle of the road where it's like not cooked, it's still technically a liquid. Yeah. Real egg whites. Oh, there that's something yeah, goes on real eggs like you know because that wasn't it's cooked enough that the salmonella is gone because you heated it in a mic for four minutes total right but it's not cooked cooked you know it's still a liquid right and man but that was back in like the 90s we didn't even have the cartons egg whites right yeah it was so optional. it was the only way so i just thought i was just oh i'm getting my get my protein and my carbs in and but then when I stopped eating that meal and my gas immediately disappeared, I was like, oh, wow, that was a lot. <laughs> Which to my argument, of course, is also if you're getting that much gas from it, something's not getting digested properly. <laughs> like, right. I just something in that mix. You're like, ah, my bodybuilder, we stink. <laughs> oh, man. I ate that meal way, way, way too many times. Way too many times. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. I've got a pointed one for you. Oh, okay. It's for both of us, but 
I want you to answer because better. Uh, your relationship and a couple memorable experiences with Rich. Oh. Okay. I actually put up a, a, a picture, I think a throwback of me and Rich. Yeah, just barely. I saw that. Just a few days ago. I think it was just last week. Um, okay. You have to share the, uh, the uh, restaurant story in the chair. Because I thought that was a, a good description of who Rich is that people don't know. Yeah, there's so many stories. Like, so I basically, to sum it up, you know, I basically um, met Rich in 2012 when they sent when Mutant sent me down to L.A. to shoot with him for the first time to kind of be part of his series to interview him for one of the episodes. And uh, and and so that's when I met him, and we immediately got along, like immediately, mm-hmm. like as soon as I met him. He was like, hey, bro, what's up? And he just like, like, I was like, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. Right. Like, so first second I met him, I was like, oh, man, this can be so easy. Right. And and I knew my job was to interview him because Ryan sort of thought, hey, you should be like, you should be talking. We got to put a microphone in your hand. You got to figure out something to do with you. Right. And um, so I knew my job was to interview him. And I just immediately was like so relieved. And then like, you know, how, you know how it is when you're shooting stuff. It's like, hurry up and wait. Right. Yep. So you're just sitting around all day bullshitting. And uh, yeah, just like I remember just thinking like, oh, this is going to be so fun to hang out with this dude. And and then also, too, like we were shooting at Metroflex and every single person at Metroflex was coming up and like shaking his hand. And he wasn't famous yet. Yeah, they knew. They just, they just knew him because he was an L.A. guy. Yep. And Mutant had just started putting out some stuff. So he was just getting like. And so the, the the topic that kept coming up was people were coming over like, man, I'm so glad things are going good for you. Right. And shaking his hand and like all the brothers and all the other guys and all the Mexican guys and everyone. Because, you know, Metroflex is like L.A., man. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, Metroflex Oceanside for those that are. No, no, LBC, Long Beach. Oh, Long Beach. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're in Long Beach. And so that, that, that gym's like, you know, there's all types of characters there, man. It's awesome. And um. You know, military guys, everyone's coming up. And then I remember Mike Rashid yep. was a trainer there. And that was also before Mike was famous. And Mike wasn't famous yet. I had yeah. no idea who Mike Rashid was. And he came up and he introduced himself. He's like, hey, I'm Mike. And I talked to him for a minute. And that's when I first met him. And then he just started talking to Rich. He's like, man, fucking awesome to have you guys here. And they were, everyone just loved having him around. It was funny. Anyways, um, there was never a boring moment. Like, conversation was always funny rich was always telling some crazy story about growing up in la surrounded by the venice gold's bodybuilding culture because his mom was a bodybuilder mm-hmm. he basically grew up at gold's gym right and and like he remembers going to gold's venice like when he was a kid like right. his mom was there training every day right and so he saw everything there and and he always had these crazy stories you know he told me this like and and all the characters rich knew like he knew all the fucking craziest dudes you know so like we're out eating one time we're at this uh he took me to like this persian place to get this this steak and rice right and it's kind of this total la like outdoor or we're sitting on a plastic table you know like yeah yeah. and and but he's like this is the best food in the area like fuck the fancy restaurants this is where you come to eat this guy's got the best food so we're eating this massive pile of meat and rice and the people that were stopping by to say hi to Rich, like the locals, because mm-hmm. we were in his neighborhood, right? Yeah. 
And the locals, like every single one of them was like completely like, you know, I'm from Canada. These are like movie characters. Right. You know, like Mexican guy with half his face tattooed. Right. Comes up and he's like, Rich. And they're talking and he's got the low jeans, like, and the, you know, he's got the high socks, the total LA Dickie shorts thing like that. Yeah. And then the next guy that comes by is like fucking homeless guy says hi to him. Right. <clears throat> hey, big man. And Rich is like, what's up? And then he goes, we'll give that guy our leftovers. <laughs> oh, so just stuff like that. He knew everyone, man, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and you know, we walk up to the, to the little window to order the food and the guy just turns and he's like, muscle man, you know, like just yells <laughs> and everyone starts, Oh, I've got to cook some more food. And they're all joking around. And he just, it was, it was funny to hang out in LA with rich in his mm-hmm. neighborhood where everyone knew who he was. Like everyone knew him. They didn't know he was rich piano. They just knew he's like the muscle man that like hangs out yeah. in that neighborhood. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Just, just all the crazy people he knew. And, uh, that, that the restaurant story was, we went to, uh, we went out for a team dinner at, at like, it was a Mexican restaurant in like some fancy part of LA, you know, some right. nice part of LA. We went to like this Mexican restaurant in the mall and, uh, Rich pulls up a chair and sits down and the chair breaks and the restaurant's full of people and the chair breaks and it's like a big scene and he stands up and holds up the broken chair and he goes, I win. <laughs> He's the biggest. <laughs> you know, I win. It was pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah, it was good times, man. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I know the guy had like, he was an extreme dude. So, you know, his life was fast and furious. Right. But that was just how he rolled. And I remember him saying to me, like, I remember him saying, he's like, I'm not going to live long. Like, I remember he said that to me. And like, I remember thinking he was just being like, you know, like I just saying that. Right. But he sort of like knew he's like, I don't, I'm not slowing down. My life is like full speed ahead. You know, he sort of had that attitude. And uh, so, yeah, man, I was just rich, crazy times. But I was very lucky to get to hang out with him because that was like a really interesting time in bodybuilding. Like everything changed because of that. Yeah, well, he he was just rich, like not who everybody knows now. I ran into somebody just barely, literally, who at a restaurant that was like, do you ever know? And it's funny, he says no bodybuilding, but he knew Rich. And he asked me if I knew who Rich was because I reminded of him. And I just smiled. I just laughed. I was like, yeah, Yeah, he was a good dude. And didn't even take it any further. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure when he picked up my check afterwards, he looked, he's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, he I, I met a lot of a lot of cool people because of Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Fun times, man. You know, so. Boom. Lucky. It was like uh, it was interesting because that changed everything. Like he was the first guy to blow up on IG like right. that. He like, you know, 2012 IG came out and he just happened to be. Yeah, there, out, there right? to watch it explode. It is yeah, funny yeah. to think that him and Mike were in the in the same gym and no one would have known who either one of them was at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That all happened quick. <laughs> okay. Um, what are, uh, Oh shit. Is your turn now? No, that was, I just you. did that one. Where was the <laughs> one I had? I had this one. Um, talking about the meal thing. What's the biggest blender drink that you ever used on a regular basis? 
Oh, God. Uh, so the regular was exactly what I just said. Um, so I would do ground beef because it was easy. Um, rice. Uh, and I just did just regular Coke for sugar and just blended it up. That was a normal. It's not good, by the way. Wow. And the trick with the Coke, by the way, if you knew you were going to do that, was let it go flat. Right. So you would open it on purpose and let it go bad in the fridge and then just use that as calories. Huh. Mm. Wow. But I found by using more rice, it would still be like heavy when you would eat it. It would like sit in your stomach. So if I got half of the carbs from sugar, essentially, it's good to go. It was terrible. I don't like it. Like when people watch because I still drink. It was terrible. Yeah. It's like I drink egg whites and people are like, oh, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, this is nothing. It slides right down. Anything right. that has any like thickness to it, I'm like, that's like drinking pudding made of ground beef, Coke, and rice. <laughs> That's funny. I never did that. I, my, my blender drinks would have been the ones I made in high school where I put like ice cream, yogurt, fruit, bunch of like protein powder, you know, all sorts of stuff in there and blended those up and drank like, we call that Jamba juice in the States. (laughs) People pay $9 for that fucking drink. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. I'm going to go again because this is the one I, I lost. Good. Growing glutes for female clients. We see a lot of fancy exercises. Yep. What are the top three exercises for growing glutes? Growing the glute muscle, glute hypertrophy, top three exercises. Squats, leg press. And if we're going to throw one of them in, I'll give them a hip thrust if for once in their life they do it right. And no one does. Right, because everyone arches their back. People don't flatten the back and actually crunch the abs a bit. Yeah, the glutes almost hang on a proper uh, hip thrust and you squeeze the glutes up. You're not driving. The hips don't hinge past, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're bringing in the hip flexors and so many other muscles. You're tucking your ass underneath. You're tucking it up. Yes. So yeah. that is actually a great movement. And the reason that I piss on it is because everybody does it wrong. And yeah, I hate I, it because I see so many trainers posting and i mean trainers that are in the video and they're doing it wrong like 700 pounds I'm like but it's not a glute movement or you see a a, a a female doing it and her her pelvis is the highest part of her body yep. and and it's like no it's actually not it's just not she's not tucking her pelvis underneath flexing mm-hmm. everything in the glutes yeah yep. um i would say i i had squats lunges Lunges, and, good call. and stiff leg deadlifts mm-hmm. um, because stiff leg deadlifts load the gluteus maximus amazingly well. And people always think of them as a hamstring exercise, but there's a huge glute load. If mm-hmm. you do stu- like, if you do them a certain way, your glutes do a lot of work. <clears throat> and um, I always felt like I got the like I got the violent contraction at the top of a stiff leg. If I stood perfectly straight, yep. stood up perfectly straight and flexed my glutes and came out of that, my glutes took a huge pounding. Um, Word that but better. yeah, Anyways. but then, and then the hip thrust is like, people forget the hip thrust is like kind of a new exercise. Yeah. Like everyone's all about hip thrust. I'm like, well, for the first like 25 years of my bodybuilding, no gym had a hip thrust bench. Yeah. And the only people that were doing hip thrusts were like, the odd fitness chick would do them off in the corner with like a little 20 pound weight or something. No one was yep. doing them. And, um, 
you know, there was lots of big glutes in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> lots of good glutes on stage. If you're, you know what I did do a lot of, and I'm, so I'm still a believer in overtraining, uh, when it comes to, and I mean that in a positive way, uh, when it comes to trying to get out detail. So I have a lot of my clients do higher rep sumo deadlifts, but rather than just like the idea is at the top of the rep, your knee is still bent, but your hips are driven so far forward because the glute is fired so hard. Um, so I'll have them do a routine where they do, and it's funny you said that, um, they'll do both adductors and adductors, 20 reps, then walk over, do a sumo deadlift with whatever weight for me, it'd be 225, 20 reps, then immediately a stiff leg deadlift, full range of motion for 20 reps, right. and then 80 lunges in a row, 40 per side, no bot, no weight. Do that three sets, and that was how I warm up athletes before they start every day. Right. And I'm telling you what you're, I mean, it's funny. I tell my athletes, like, your ass is going to hurt for the rest of this prep. But when I get you inside out, you'll know why. Because the detail is, is wacky, you know. So right. the, the, right. it's funny you brought up the stiff leg deadlift because I do RDLs. And always when people see the video, they're like, why don't you go up all the way? I'm like, I don't want to activate the glutes or low back. So as soon as I feel them even begin to enter, I go right back down. Right. Right. Yeah. It's specifically for hamstrings the way I do it. And a stiff leg is even more so in the glutes, I think, than an RDL because you have no bend. Right. Right. Mm. Okay. Uh, Another thing about that that I'll throw in is I think that um, I'm all about efficiency. Right. You know, if you've got X number of hours a week to train and you got this, so that breaks down to the time for this many exercises that you can put a high level of effort into. I don't believe in doing wasting exercises. Now, obviously, there's application for all different stuff, but I'm just saying generally, when you're thinking of being efficient and you want big glutes, you want to focus on training the gluteus maximus. That's the giant part of the ass that you want to grow. So when I see women spending a ton of time on hip abduction, pushing out in the hip machine, all these different silly positions they're doing in the hip abduction machine, pushing (laughs) out, they're working their, their glute med and their glute min, which are on the sides of their hips and are deep in the pelvis and are relatively small muscles. (laughs) and don't have much potential really at all for hypertrophy. Like, you know, you double the size of your glute minimus and it doesn't make a visual difference in your butt. You double the size of your glute maximus and your ass is going to be enormously round. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what's so funny. There's a lot of time spent on the wrong muscle. Yeah. Like you're looking for size, like grab some weights and do some hard lunges Get in the squat rack, do some squats, do some proper hip thrusts where you're activating the shit out of the glute max. Plus, the glute min and the glute med, if you're doing lunges and stuff, all that stability, yeah, that's taken care of. Yeah, that's like, true. You're doing Bulgarian split squats, taken care of. You know, do the big exercises. Don't waste your time. I, like, God, I, I forgot I, about Bulgarian. I'm about to change my list if we keep talking. I'm no, I know that's the thing. You know, the glutes after I do the Bulgarian split squats. You know, I'm just not a fan of the glute the the glute programs where they do a whole lot. I mean, I understand. You know, 
there's different levels of fitness and some people are just trying to move and exercise. So I'm not shitting on everybody, but I'm just saying, you know, if you got that bodybuilder mentality where you're trying to, I want like bigger glutes, I want more muscle on my glutes. Um, you know, with a competitor's mindset, get lunging, get squatting, you know, you know why nobody likes to lunge? It's hard. RDLs, They're hard. You know what I mean? Like get your ass kicked. I don't care how long you've been lunging when the weight gets high enough. It whips your ass. I, I love walking lunges. I dread them. I fucking dread them because I yeah. know like, this is we, we actually just ordered. Um, and, and I think every gym should do this. That has a track and let you do lunges is um, the jack stand version of, of uh, right rack. And I have a, so I'm going to have a set on either end so I can lunge to it and rack it and then turn around, <laughs> lunge to it and rack it for the next set. Because I was like, I just asked Lance, I'm like, hey, can I order these? Because if I do it alone because of my inability, my shoulder uh, movement issues, I need two guys to put it on my back. Yeah, or you got to use dumbbells or something. Yeah, and then when I'm done, I have to take it off on my back. Yeah. Or I can drop it, which is not the favorite maneuver. So that's funny. I've, I've always dreamed of like having more space at West Coast so I can put an open rack at the end of the turf. Yep. You know, I ideally that. that that would be what I'd love to have right now. We have two shoulder machines there, but I'd love to just have like a fucking open walk through squat rack. Yeah. So you walk. That's exact. The only reason I'm doing it this way is I can go heavy enough then to literally right. one. I won't be able to come back. Yeah. Because I was like, I'd be sick. Then I just set them up. Rack it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I actually just ordered those uh, Friday. So I'll have them soon. Uh, I've been to a couple gyms that had like a set of jacks and they had them kind of in the corner, but you could just bring them out and set them up. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's so much cheaper that way. Okay, I got a really good one, but you're gonna this is this is gonna be tough for you. Okay. Top three favorite actors and the role for each of them that made them got that list for you. It's two favorite characters and who was the actor. I told you. Like we should have had this one in advance. We didn't use a week to plan for this. Harrison Ford. Obviously, he was Han Solo in Indiana Jones for me. Right. But when I saw The Fugitive, I realized that Harrison Ford was a fucking legend. (laughs) Right? That's valid. That's a great movie. Okay. Um, Oh, geez. I'm trying to think of some actors that people wouldn't guess right now. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if you did. Dude, I was just thinking that. Though. I was just thinking that. You know what's cool? But, you know what's cool about high school chicks? I keep getting older and they, they stay the, the same, same age. age. <laughs> terrible yeah no oh, it'd be, you know that obviously he went on to um act the fuck out of a lot of movies um but yeah that uh, matthew mcconaughey is one of my favorites i mean he was great in interstellar too i mean what did, didn't he win an oscar for something am i just drawing a blank uh, i'm trying to think because i'm doing two things at once now because of it uh what the fuck was it well he's had some huge 
my favorite movie. Oh yeah, fucking Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Oh Jesus, fuck was he amazing in that? How about uh, oh fuck, what was the movie with him and uh, where he was the um, lawyer? Lincoln Lawyer. No, older. He was a lawyer. Oh, in, Time uh, to Kill. Yes, that's yeah. a fucking. That's a movie. Like yeah, he he was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, well, Time to I, Kill was his big break, eh? Yeah, that's when he realized he could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, because he did obviously. Uh, Days of Confused was the big break where he like got into the industry and everyone's like, oh, this guy's you know this guy's got something. But then uh, he landed the Lincoln Lawyer. And when it came out, all of a sudden his agent was like, oh, shit, um, you're getting like you're getting <laughs> offers now from like Scorsese and like, you know, his agent called him a, a little while, like day after that movie came out. And he was like, uh, this might be something that you're not expecting to go quite as big as <laughs> it's going to be. Um, damn, I got to pick a third one. Have to. shit because there's a couple spots left for best actor you know what i mean mm-hmm. man i mean you got guys that i've always loved like you got christopher walken and 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 you got like fucking jack nicholson um and and you got all those guys i, I was trying to think of some 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 good roles that people wouldn't have thought of uh what i mean i mean jack nicholson's done some crazy shit um he he was awesome in the departed um you know he's one of the greatest he's one of the greatest but i'd say you know matt uh, um leonardo dicaprio uh has has done some some amazing stuff man it's hard to pick a third that's right i'm i'm running through the list because i was trying to think of some less obvious choices yeah um, yeah i know there's, like, there's so like many we talking about what we were talking about, i don't even remember if it was on the air just you and i we were talking about tom hardy oh, and the movies yeah, he's Legend. done yeah and then him as uh which you haven't seen yet but him as alfie in peaky if you watch that you'll be like you could watch him act right and, now and, it, correct me if i'm wrong but he's not on season one is he nope yeah they bring him in right yeah, yeah. no he, and then he ends up being on quite a few uh, afterwards, but one season, I don't even remember now if it was two or three, he was in it. But I mean, his character, especially because if you know him, all, his, all the other roles he's played, seeing him do that, you know, is amazing. I always thought that Brad Pitt was unbelievable. I remember when he first started, I was like, oh, he's the pretty guy. And then you nah. start watching the roles and you're like, no, this guy's a phenomenal fucking actor. Like him and, uh, the Fight Club was nuts. Him in uh, was it Twelve Monkeys? Seven. Seven was a great movie. I just made someone watch that recently. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I, I watched Twelve Monkeys again recently too. That's that's even uh, you know what else I thought he was good in, which was more simple. But uh, um, Meet Joe Black when he was Death. Oh yeah. Like, cause it was just such a simple role. But I'm like, oh, that's actually not really an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've told you to watch Allies too, right? Yep. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so he's okay. a, he's a lot better than I used to give credit for. And 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 there's one guy that I got to mention, but I know he's such a fucking weirdo and a nut job in real life that 
<laughs> I, I swear I you're going to take this right out of my mouth. I'm, I'm already ready. But I swear to God, Tom Cruise wow. has a team of people that pick the best scripts for him because I don't, I don't like, he doesn't make movies I don't like. Yeah. No, I agree. Tom Cruise is very good at picking the movies he he does. Like every script that he picks, if he's in a movie, I'm like, fuck, it's probably good. You know how like with Brad Pitt. Yeah, you're not even interested, but you're like, well, he doesn't make bad movies, so we'll go for it. Probably a pretty good movie, man. We should watch this. Got Tom Cruise in it. Right. And but he just he's just done that so many fucking times where I'm like, ah, Tom Cruise is in it. I better watch it. And then I watch it and I'm like, ah, what a fucking great movie. Like vanilla sky and oblivion and like just the wide range of shit he's done yeah i was gonna say the, the my last my last choice uh that will throw people off is johnny depp i think he's a fucking amazing actor he is good he's a yeah. quack he's hey his personal side is probably the reason he's so good <laughs> i just put fear and loathing on the other day did you really mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah when the masculine hits yeah, that that guy, and and I think when he when he started being Jack Sparrow, I was like, wow, like you're really good at this. Right. <laughs> like you watch it, it's like it's a little too good. It makes me worry a little bit about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did you did good, man. I was I was afraid because I I know you and and asking you for something so simple. <laughs> right. And you know who else? Honorable mention. Who? Just because I think, because I've seen the guy interviewed, the guy was on Rogan, and after he was on Rogan, I was like, oh my God, I could be friends with that dude because he's kind of normal, and he seems like a very interesting, fun dude. But Robert Downey Jr. Yes. So, have you seen Lesson Zero? No. It's kind of fucked up, because he plays a guy that gets hooked on coke, like a rich kid who gets hooked on coke, and his life just spirals into a hole. Right. And he actually became a coke addict making that movie oh, wow so when you watch that movie you're kind of watching like the destruction of robert downey jr right and it's like it gets real bad yeah in real life it was yeah he, he ended up in jail shortly after that well like decade after like it he, he was a, oh, fucking was a long disaster time. for a long time like you know he lost his career and had to do the comeback you know the hell of a comeback. and then next thing you know he's fucking iron man right and and tropic thunder and you know and tropic thunder he got nominated for a fucking oscar in blackface that's how good he was he made it he it was clearly not racist no one was upset at the time well it's 2007 so the woke woke bullshit hadn't started but everyone everyone knew that but but everyone was okay with it because they're like oh this is satirical like he's making fun of a ridiculous hollywood elitist asshole actor so it was fucking brilliant. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have to switch this just because as we keep talking, I'm just sitting here. I was like, oh, Heath Ledger, the Joker. Oh, Shit. God. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Whose turn is it? It's my turn, right? It's your turn. I guess. That was overwhelming. I apologize. <laughs> Why do you do it? Ah. The question. Uh, okay. I've actually thought about this already recently. So the first part is not impressive. Is it's 
you know, and it's kind of the same thing, I think. So I'm going to cross this a little bit and I'm going to have you jump in and out. Now we had the conversation about like the dark place and things that sometimes you do. That all became way too normalized on accident. Typically, I do what we do because I love doing it. And that's it. There's no thought. There's no connection. I lift up heavy shit because I like to. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's not like we had a couple conversations about moments in life where uh, it's been necessary to put more thought into it. But I think that that went too far and people didn't realize that 99.9% of the time I do it because I can. And I think it's crazy and I just want to see how far it can go. It's literally fun. Um, so I don't think that like even for you, I don't think you chose bodybuilding. I think it chose you. Mm. Like. You were made for this. It connects with the way your brain functions. It connects with how you're comfortable. I'm never surprised when I go to someone's house like yours and it looks like mine. Everything's where it goes. Everything's done a certain way. You know what I mean? Like Simple. If I move your forks, it's going to fuck up your world for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that. Now, as far as at this level, I think when I say what, like now when I say like, what's your why, it's more on why do I post on Instagram? Because that's harder for me than going to the gym. Oh, yeah. Taking the time to make sure I have someone to film me is a pain in the ass. That is work for me. Doing yeah. the set is not at all. Yeah, if someone, if someone says to me, I want you to take a week off of all work. I don't stop. I still train. I just don't use my phone. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's exactly it. So the why for me on those things is because there are number one, there's people that depend on me now to, because as shocking as this is for people, this is 100% how I make a really, really good living. Um, and that's also driven by the fact that I have taken my spot and realizing that you, myself, JP, I mean, a lot of people, but a small group of us are keeping the, um, the last of the dying breed alive. I'm seeing <laughs> resurgence of people who understand that the easy way is not the right way. Um, and I've seen them live it and they're 18 years old. Right. And they're back to eating fish and greens because it fucking works whether or not science agrees with us right you know what i mean or understanding that training this way is necessity to a point um so there's a responsibility to those things that that are definitely play a role but you know the majority of like i said the majority of the why that i would need to explain is why i show it not why i do it right you know i really there are actually been days where i've had to remind myself because i'll tell time when i walk in the gym i'm like i'm i'm here today like really, really here. So there's no phones. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think some of my best things I've ever done, most impressive have never been filmed because I'm in a place where I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I know <laughs> what you mean. I have shit to do. You know what I mean? <clears throat> How about you? I, yeah. Well, my why has changed obviously. Um, somewhat. Uh, I, so someone kind of asked me like what, you know, why do you keep training the way you do last week on my questions? And I said that, you know, I really relate to what the rock talks about when he talks about his anchor for the day, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and uh, you know it, it sets the standard for his entire day and it keeps his day structured like he has to eat after he trains and right. he has to do so then it's like starts the structure you know and you know it's like they say the same thing they say you know making your bed you know that they say the making your bed in the morning yep. triggers you to to complete more tasks throughout the day right and i could see that you know for the rock um, getting up and training at 5:30 a.m. is just like making his bed. Like if he doesn't do it, he feels like he left his life in disarray that morning. Right. You know, and and so you know, even though I don't train at 5:30 in the morning, I still see training as like the anchor center point for my day. Like no matter what's going on, no matter how chaotic things are and how stressed things are, everything shuts down at about four o'clock. I have or 3:30, everything stops. I have a meal. I have my, you know, I get ready to train, go to the gym, have my pre-workout. Braden shows up at 4.30, blah, 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 blah. And then by like, you know, 6.37, phone's back on, answering my messages, back to work, fresh, clear-headed, you know, tidy up mm-hmm. for the night on my phone. You know, uh, it, it, it just, it, it keeps everything locked in. And then, of course, the physical stuff. You know, obviously, I... I always loved looking like a bodybuilder. I always loved, you know, you know, you got to go through life looking a certain way. Right. Everyone looks a certain way. It's reality. How do you present yourself to society? You know, well, you know, I always like presenting myself as a bodybuilder. This is, you know, who I am. This is part of my, you know, I I see the history of what I've done. I carry it around with me, you Mm -hmm. know, um, also too, like I, I don't, I also train because I want to take care of my body now, you know, like, I mean, I, I spent a lot of years abusing it in the gym right. you know, <laughs> and uh, doing things that probably weren't totally correct. You know, all those years I trained um, and and, you know, I had lots of injuries and I should have listened to my body more during this and that period of time. And now that's a big thing for me. Like, I want to be able to keep doing this, you know, and I want to be able to keep training. I want to be able to keep carrying around a certain amount of muscle and uh, taking care of the body, longevity, you know, I'm taking all my Dante vitamins and, you know. <laughs> it's funny because I know all your vitamins, I had the same ones. <laughs> yeah, I got I got to get on Amazon and I know the brand. Actually, <laughs> I just ran out of about 10 things. So, so you know, I, I, I want to live longer now. And I, I obviously I know I, you know, walked around really heavy for a long time. But, uh, you know, quality of life's a huge thing. You know, you can make it, if someone said, hey, you're, you're only going to make it to 72. They're like, well, that's kind of young. But at 72, I'm going to be squatting. Yeah, you're, so, you're rocking at 72 versus... I'll still be rocking it at 72. You know, I'll be doing something. I'll be mm-hmm. up and at it, you know, so that's the plan. Um, you know, if someone said you can you can squat and die at 72 or you can have all sorts of horrible things go wrong with you and spend a lot of time in the hospital and live to 92, yeah. That's not a choice for me. I, I know where I'm at now in life, what I've done, I've done. That's in the past. And now I got to move forward and just be as healthy as I can and, you know, take care of shit. So that's the goal. I found uh, it's funny, but, you know, you and I have talked about this. I had a hernia surgery when I was, what was it, in 2008. And back then, because I had three hernias fixed and they knew what I was doing, they actually held me out of the gym for 16 weeks. Um, and I, when I had went in for surgery. The biggest I'd ever been in my entire life was 286. Soft, but 286. And I was mildly depressed during the 16 weeks out. So I ate very little and what I did eat was shit. Um, when I got back in the gym, I was like 250 in fat. 
Um, 12 weeks later, because all the aches and pains I had dealt with were gone, I was 293 and the best I'd ever been. Um, and that triggered something in my head that was like, okay, I need to learn to take breaks. You know, so I'm going to initiate after my next show in 2010, I'm taking a month, month and a half off. So I figured half the time. Uh, but what I didn't account for is that I'm mentally unstable without the gym and I'm being dead serious. Um, two weeks into it, I'm going to borderline call it manic. I, it was bothering me. And I remember Aceto actually were on the phone and he's like, Hey, this isn't helping anymore. Right. Right. Go train. Right. And it was Talk. funny. So I, I had to identify with the fact that I'm not wired for that. So like, like the rocks and like you're saying, like the fact that I've went four days without training and feel good is weird. I'm like, okay, this is, I, I must need this because it's not how I function typically. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Right. So right. that's the other thing is I can't imagine doing it any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to the gym, like it's why I, when I do take time off, I don't train because if I can't train like this, I just don't want to. <laughs> like it's it's right. no longer the same thing. I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm a, you know playing golf now. I hate golf. <laughs> ah, okay. We we gotta hit this. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Uh-oh. I like this. Who's more of a bodybuilding Yoda, Dante or John Meadows? And it's an impossible to answer. <laughs> oh, well, now you got to like exact like, you know, maybe there's a better name to use for the other one. That's not necessarily <laughs> less knowledgeable, but just character driven. I'd say John Meadows looks more like Yoda than Dante does. <laughs> We're going with the look first. <laughs> hey, John would agree. Yeah, he's like, I'm good with that. John would be like, yeah, he's right. Um, yeah, I know. I'd say I'd say I'd say John's more of a Yoda. Um, although Dante might be just as accessible as Yoda. <laughs> so maybe like, it's so bad. It's so true. Meadows is too accessible. He's like, you know, you got to think Yoda was living on Dagobah <laughs> in a mud hut with no cell phone service. Yeah, Dante has cell phone service. He's just not looking at it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Depends if you're going with uh, the look or the, you know, the character traits. Right. <laughs> you no. Know? Um, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe there's another example. Uh, I think to, to, to directly answer the question, you're essential. I think one thing that's a little different is everyone thinks there's a huge gap between Dante and John and how they do things. And I kind of laugh because to a point, it's it's very, very, very similar. Well, they would rationally and reasonably agree on probably every single thing. Yeah. Well, and, they, and they, even their way of doing things, like a lot of people see yeah, John a different. as a high volume guy. And I'm like, no, no, I worked with John. If you're doing eight sets on a lying leg curl, seven of them are warm ups. I've trained with John. Warm ups. And the eighth one, he's going to kill you. Yeah. So just like Dante, you're doing one set. Yeah, we, we, John I mean? came and trained legs with us, and I remember I was like, "Oh, that was, yeah, that's exactly that's what, what I, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, we go over to the pendulum, we did a warm up set, and then he's like, okay, you want to do a rest pause?' And we're like, "Yep, you know, yeah, and you're done with that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you know what it is too is, and it's and now I'm going to cross way out of this, but everyone that you follow that legitimately is creating freaks agrees, but they're packaging their their look differently, whether it's for your education or to make money, 
Um, cause I used to think for the longest time that, um, Joe Bennett was a pinky twisting squeezer. And then we talk and Joe does 95% of his movements exactly like I do. But we, and he and I have actually had some, some, I wouldn't call them conversations, but some banter where it's like, oh, the reason I post this stuff is everybody already knows about deadlifts. Right, right, so right. I spend, you know, he spends his Instagram time educated on things that people don't know. But if you didn't, if you don't pay enough attention, you think that that's how he trains and it's not at all. He's just showing things you're not doing to add as right. your 10% left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what he said. I think a lot of the videos I show is the last 10% of the workout. Yeah, because yeah. that's what people don't know. And then there's people like me who are only posting rows and squats. So right. that's right. covered. Why does okay. he do that also, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think that people would be shocked how similar uh, John and Dante see things. Yes, okay. What skill or ability do you wish you possessed? Can I take it as far as I want? Sure. Oh my God, I want to be a musician. Oh, There's something, okay. like I can't imagine a cooler job than, than standing there. Like, like when you're an actor and you're a great actor and people go watch your movies, you don't get to watch them do it. While you perform, you're making the night of 80,000 people right in front of you. Yeah. Then also when you're not there in the car, they're listening to you. Oh, you got a moment, they're listening to you. You think about how many times you hear a song that reminds you of a moment in your life. How oh, yeah. many, there's no other job on the planet that does that. Like to me, that oh, I could think, awesome. you know, and I just imagine what it would be like to stand there and be like, wow, I did this. I mean, I, I literally gave 80,000 people or whatever it is the night of their lives tonight. Oh no, I think it's, it's, I'm, absolutely agree like i play guitar i've been picking up a guitar for 30 years and pounding out chords on it and having fun and i've learned some stuff and there was a point when i was like at my best like 2006 2007 i was like i could play a lot of songs on my guitar i didn't touch it for a few years and all that stuff but i would i've always wanted like you know i i just never put the the consistent practice into advance my playing like tremendously but i've always like just loved man if i could be a guitar wizard oh fuck right you know like when eddie van halen died and i went back and watched all the all the all the tapping video all the stuff he's doing during the concerts when he does his big long 10 minute solos and just amazing shit but yeah play guitar like play guitar like you know like a pro there's a really good documentary on netflix that i really enjoyed called hired guns right and i think it's called hired guns hope i didn't get the title wrong and it's about session mu- session musicians. Right. So, for example, you know, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper is a guy. Yeah. Every time he tours, he puts a band together, but they're not always the same people. You know what I mean? Like, over the years, he's had a bunch of different guitar players, a bunch of different drummers, a bunch of different bass players. He gets hired guns. Right. You know? And so they're the people. Their names aren't on the – aren't on the bull, the, the sign – yeah. And they don't get any real credit for the show. People say, oh, I went to see Alice Cooper tonight. Yeah. They don't mention your name, yeah. right? But they, so they, follow, they interview and follow around a bunch of hired guns, guys that do that stuff, or they're the guy that plays on the album. Like when you buy, a, you know, you buy an album by Stevie Ray Vaughan or whatever, I mean, you don't know who the drummer is. Yeah. It's not like if you buy an ACDC album, you know that that's a band. Yeah. Right. 
And that yeah, same so. drummer is like, he's like their buddies and they're on the tour and they're recording and they like, you know, he's in their studio and like, you know, this is like hired guns. So it's really interesting because that's a huge, like most musicians aren't in successful bands. That's them. They get hired. So like the phone rings, you pick it up. They're like, hey, um, Billy Joel's doing an album. Um, he's going to need a, a drummer. Uh, would you like to come and record with Billy Joel? He really likes your stuff. And you're like, fuck, yeah, give me, let me know what the dates are, you know? Yeah. Like that sort of shit. How about that you're, that you're well known enough in the industry by the people to know to ask for you? Yeah. It's almost like the difference, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, when we watch that um, – Chicago Bulls thing, you know, on, on Netflix, the realization of how cool it would be to have the money and fuck the fame. <laughs> like, because, you know, I mean, Alice Cooper can't just walk down the street. Right. His drummer can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know yeah. he doesn't get as much money, but I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I'd like, I'll take the, I'll take the less money and, you know, yeah, and drink and, coffee at Starbucks and have no one know who the fuck I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but you'll like it. You'll like it. It's a, if, 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 if that's interesting to, to you. I have to ask you about this because we've, you've told me 10 times. I'm literally about to put it in my notes. The, what is the, um, guitarist that you have told me 50 times that you said like he would just walk around playing the guitar. I can't remember if he was on Rogan or whatever, but they were describing how he became oh, Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Yeah. Ed, Eddie was known for like taking his guitar in the bathroom to take a shit. Like he's fucking like that was a joke, right? Is that Eddie just lived with it? Yeah. And that yeah. was what was that that thing that you watched where they were describing like how he was that? Was it a, a Netflix thing or was it a interview? Or? That was someone on Rogan was talking about that. I mean, that might have been in one of the David Lee Roth interviews because David Lee Roth was on twice. He was spectacular the second time. But um, that might have been I can't remember who said that, which is I just remember they were talking about it, but I'd already heard that. That's something I'd read before. Right. I had to, I had to surprise down because I've asked you like 10 times. Like, God damn it. I got to watch. This. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go watch the Rogan ones. Cause that'll probably get me to my, my point. Sorry. Yes. When I had to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's funny that we, that's funny that we both kind of picked the same, you know, skill. I'd say if I had to like simplify that question and it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a big deal, like, like play guitar, like a wizard. Um, I would just say like, I would like to be a bit more organized. Um, I'm a pretty organized guy, but right. you know, I often wonder like, oh man, I can make this more efficient. And I, oh, fuck, I should be using this app. Why am I not right. using, why am I putting my stuff here? Why do I have, you know, oh, we got to, you know, like I, I always try to be more organized. That's something I admire. And you know, when you meet somebody who's kind of far end of the spectrum organized, mm-hmm. I'm always like, I admire that. I'm like, oh, they're like, they like, perfectly write the name of everything on each folder they don't just you know <laughs> like and it all looks perfect and it's like oh fuck i i admire that i think you have you know it is around truthfully and i i know it's changed for me is um when you have to be yeah well that it, it brings it out when you really have own the retail stores and was body and I was doing this my life had to be a certain way to get it all done mm-hmm. whereas now I'm just as organized, but when I start working, that could be two in the morning. It could be 8 p.m. Right. And it's literally half the reason some of my clients give me 24 hours is some of them are getting responses immediately. And some of them I'm like, I got a lot of shit to do today. So when I get done, I'll start. <laughs> okay. um, oh, here you go. A bodybuilding one after I've already given these. 
What's the best strategy to take when you're ready for a show too early? Parentheses, I just wrote adding food back in, etc. Okay, reread that. The best strategy to take when you're ready for a show too early. Oh, well, I mean, most people aren't ready when they think well, they I think are. this is, I also think this is tricky because, as you know, we've done shows back to back to back and been ready for 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Um, well, you just have to monitor. Well, you know what? Simply, you have to monitor your body weight. Like, I know it's not about weight, but let's face facts. If the scale is moving, something's happening. Yep. If the scale's not moving at all, if you're 250 every morning, every morning, then you're in a really tight maintenance hold and you're maintaining the situation very well. If your weight goes to 247 one morning, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. If it goes to 255 after you make the correction, now what do you, you know what I mean? Like you just have yeah. to kind of try to hold your body weight is really like a key. Cause I mean, that's what Aceto did with me. That's what Chad did with me Yep. doing multiple shows. Like, okay, let me know your weight every morning. Like the first show happens and it's okay. Okay. I need body weight every single morning. We got three weeks. Right. And every single morning hit the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're right where we want you. Right where we want you. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. You know, like, so that's an important thing. Um, but Normally, you know, it depends on how fried you are. You know, if you're ready and you're exhausted and you're fucking starving, (laughs) then there's going to be more to do than if you're ready and you're not doing much cardio and you got lots of food. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, you just have to try to, like, adjust. I mean, you got activity and calories. And you just dance the dance. <laughs> it's it's so simple that it disappoints people. And and you you try to like so you know if you're surfing on surf the curve you're on a wave you try to stay on, stay on the wave stay on the wave you know you don't want to come right down flat bottom and sink and you don't want to go over the top you gotta just stay on there. Yeah, what, it's funny because this question <clears throat> I had somebody reach out to me uh, and I rarely answer questions about what someone else is doing uh, a coach <clears throat> but I disagreed enough that I went with it and I didn't know who the coach was. So I said, fuck it. Um, he said to me, I've always gotten ready for shows where I was ready a couple weeks early. My new coach said, no, that's crazy. We're going to come in right on schedule. And when I read that, I was like, well, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. Because my fear is always like, that's why I tell my clients, like they'll be cruising along all of a sudden they get sick. I'm like, don't worry. We got time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of reasons to have extra. Like if I have a client, I know I can have them ready in 12 weeks. I ask for 16. Right. I'll get you in. It's going to be yeah. fine. The diet yeah. won't be as brutal as it would have been for 12, but I'm not worried. Um, so like you said, balancing it, being ready too early. Number one, I really don't think exists unless you're months early. Cause I've done shows as many as 10 weeks apart and never come off the diet really other than day or here, there after each show. And been totally fine. And every single time I've ever competed in a row, the last show is better than the first. Um, And I have had athletes where that didn't work, um, where I pulled them out of the shows we had planned for because their body said, fuck off. It stopped working. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you're you're not going to get to that place on accident for one show. So everything you said is is absolute on that. What do you got? Okay. If you could only do three exercises for the rest of your life, what would they be? That's really not that difficult. 
um, if I could only do three, and here, mine are going to have nothing to do with shaping the body the way I want to. It's just my favorite things to do. Um, I would hack squat. I would deadlift. And no, I do heavy rows. It's my favorites. Okay. Like I, I look forward to seeing them on the menu. You know? Right, 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 right. Like my honorable mention would be RDLs because I just love them. Right, right. Well, I guess if I could only do three exercises the rest of my life, I'd probably go – at this point, I'd probably go with cosmetic exercises because I just want to look good in a T-shirt if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be right. old and small. I might as well do like dips because then at least I can have pecs and tries. There you go. So you got to go the logic route. And then maybe like underhand rows so I could have like a bit of a back and some biceps. See, you're doing exactly the opposite. You're piecing together a physique still. <laughs> and then maybe like side laterals. Like what do you throw in there? That's valid. You've covered your entire upper body. You know, you're, you're going to have a little bit you of, need. you know, you maybe, you know, ride my bike in a tank top. I look okay. Well, and skinny jeans are a thing. So there you go. There you go. Good to go. Get the legs out of the way. Maybe it's time. <laughs> okay. That wasn't Freaking. bad. It wasn't, it wasn't too deep. Oh, here we go. Ah, thanks, my man. This guy's giving me good questions. Uh, what do you hate about social media in the bodybuilding industry? How to put this into a sentence. Um, what do I hate about social media in the bodybuilding industry? Well... I guess like I don't really know how to put it, but like fakeness, mm-hmm. but it's not really exclusive to bodybuilding. That's like social media, just generally, um, you know, the, the real sort of artificial image that people put out of what they want the world to see them as mm-hmm. is uh, and I get it. Obviously, we're going to post our highlights and yeah, and and you don't have to get personal like it's not like I expect everyone to put their like most vulnerable moments on social media or anything like that. That's not at all. That's, that's like, I, I don't, I don't do that. That's, you know, some stuff's private and for your, you know, like I don't even like showing the inside of my house. Right. Like if I'm doing a video, I like kind of put myself to the wall. I don't know. I'm just a private personal, you know, pretty personal guy. But, um, I, I would just say like, you know, when, when people are completely fake, mm-hmm. um, and 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 the sort of artificial illusion of any sort of expertise right and lack of lack of humility regarding having expertise mm-hmm. you know that's that's yeah. a problem that's that's a problem and it's it's a problem for everybody including the people dishing it out you know they wind up in too deep and you know it's leads to disappointment all around and yeah, I don't know. I'd say sort of like mis, you know, intentionally misrepresenting yourself in a real fake way is sort of, I think, one of the biggest detriments. Yeah, I would say for me, it's there's no accountability on social media. So back in the day, we had forums, and everyone was publicly out there, and you couldn't mute other people. See, right now, I'm I'm on on Dusty Hanshaw's page. I'm the fucking expert, and I'm the king. And if you disagree with me, I don't like it. I block you. I delete you and you're out. <clears throat> you look smarter right. than me. I get rid of you. 
there's there's many many ways that I can make sure that as long as you're only on my page, I'm king shit, and right. what I say goes. Right. Um, back in the day, <clears throat> when you jumped on a forum, for example, Dante. Yeah. He goes on a forum <clears throat> where everyone's doing volume and this and this and this, and he says, "I'm gonna write up what I do," and it's totally against everything. And I'm and I'm not even saying you're wrong. I'm just gonna say, think about this and put it out there. And the internet decides, the the world decides who you are and what you know, right? Because they will go back and forth with you, and you don't get to mute anybody. In fact, the only third time somebody gets muted is when a moderator of those forums determines third party steps that in and says, says yeah. "This guy's an idiot." Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and I love that because when I came into bodybuilding, and when I as I continued to educate myself, I started as a guy who was listening. And by the end, I was someone they were coming to and asking. Um, and with that, for some reason, there is a fear of the simple sentence, I don't know enough to have an opinion on that. I say I don't know all the time because like, I admire that Chris Aceto says I don't know all the time. If you work with Chris, he says I don't know half the time. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I think that's very important. It's something that I, I look for in people not just coaches, mm -hmm. you know, you know, a little bit of humility with what they don't aren't experts on, you know, like yeah. even and I can even kind of tell because this tells a lot about a person. Like, for example, um, this one guest that's that Rogan has had on a few times, he now has his own podcast and I watch it all the time and I mention it. He's that Lex Friedman guy. Yeah. Real likable guy. Super smart. He's into like artificial intelligence and building robots and stuff. Right. Yeah. But he's also got a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt. Oh, good. You kick my ass and tell me about it. Right. And it's, it's explain the physics of it. Yeah. And 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 he plays guitar really well. He plays every day for 20 minutes. It's part of his like mental strategy. Mm -hmm. And um, just an interesting guy, you know, knows a lot about a lot of things. And there's a couple of times on the Rogan show where he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I'd have to defer to an expert on that, you know? Yeah. And I always admire when someone who's like, Obviously, you know, you got a PhD <laughs> in science, you got a black belt in jujitsu, all that sort of stuff. And there's also an interesting thing just to mention it. But on his channel, he's got the the speech that he gave when he got his black belt. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have a PhD. I went to school my whole life. You know, I, my goal is to build robots better than anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best at what I do. And I learned more on these mats than I ever learned in school. Hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is an interesting dude. He gets right. it. And that's a guy who will defer. He'll go, I don't know enough about that topic to have an opinion. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? And I really respect that about people. People who are willing to just go, yeah, I just, I'm not an expert on that. Because I just hate it when people blah, 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 about yeah, every fucking it. thing. Yeah. yeah. But again, because if you're wrong, so for example, um, I get a lot of questions because I go to my PT so often and I actually am very well versed because of that. Yeah. But I'm not, and you can give people advice. You can say, yeah. Oh, my PT did this for my shoulder because he said this was going on. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. You can pass that knowledge on, but I, I get it. But if I, but I have somebody that mentions something, this is what I don't like about, like you said, social media is I can go for it and be wrong and answer. Then if Jason wanted to come on and jump me and tell me I was a moron because he truly is an expert, I can just block him. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I don't like. 
because I like the idea. And what's funny is, I don't know if you saw, but I did a whole uh, Q&A with only him answering. Right. I just told people, hey, you, you, you get my PT for how, you know, for the next hour, if you answer questions, he's going to ask questions, he's going to answer them. Right. And I had so many people DM me with the opposite. So awesome that you brought an expert on. Yeah. So I don't know why people are afraid of that because we're same thing with my training. I'll put up something. And I John Meadows taught me this. Dante taught me this. This person taught me this. They I brought it to them. They're still happy, but at no point am I like, oh, this was my thing. I had someone message me the other day. Someone asked me a SARM question, uh-huh. and so I just said, you know, actually, this, you know, I, I, all I know about that is this one study that I just read, right? That said this and this and this, and, and that's all I know. And I still got a message from someone. Quit bashing on SARS. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I actually said that I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, how much more clearer could I have been? I said I'd never used this SAR. I didn't know much about it except right. for this one study I said. You know, like it's just. It, you really broke it all the way down. Too. <laughs> broke all the way down. I, yeah, it's just funny, you know. And, yeah, and then so, people wonder why, you know, pe- that people are hesitant to try to help and give information, right? Because there's just always someone willing to message back some dickhead comment. Okay, here's one. What do you think? So I guess they're asking me. You. Right? What do you think Dusty's favorite category on Pornhub is? <laughs> I got asked the same thing for you, so... <laughs> You got asked the same thing? Oh, no. He's up What's to no What's Ron's good. favorite category? That's funny. If you don't know this, I'm going to be disappointed. We've never talked about it, but go ahead. Well, I don't know. I, I know what I, 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 I think. I think you have a type. Probably do. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the girls that do disgusting shit category. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, all right, all right. The, the uh, so you're scrolling across, right? You got this it says anal, there's gangbang, there's lesbian, and then there's like all of the above plus <laughs> some muscle. Right. <laughs> Check like <laughs> this one. <laughs> what that reminds yeah. me of is uh, I guess food? I guess the category might be called um, butthole fitness sluts. Is that accurate? <laughs> I love it. I so love sorry, it. Dusty. I'm not even going to say he's wrong, people. So <laughs> I'm just actually searching right now to see if that exists or if Ron's created it for me. I do believe that's the first time I've used this term on the podcast. I hope no one's too shocked. I feel good about it. Seems you're just letting people know what you know, what you think. I, you know. I will admit, you know that meme that goes around that shows the Pornhub, zoomed in Pornhub, and it's like page 158? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the quote is like, where the fuck is that clip? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to describe what I like, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. We're experiencing it even better. But <laughs> yeah, see, everyone looks at the, the pointed nails a little bit differently. I'm like, Ooh. right, right, right. Anyway, it's- <laughs> This could hurt. Go. Let's do that. I don't know. There you go. I think I think I think I think I covered that question pretty accurately. I think you did a good job. I'm, I don't. I'm not going to fight anything you said. That's for sure. I'm not arguing. Takes one to know one. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I feel good about that as well. Like, yeah, good. I guess I don't have to answer. I've said too much. People will look at me differently. Always the goal. It's your turn now. 
Ah, oh boy. Okay. This is almost a waste of time, but I'm going to do it. What influences you, or I would say your, style of dress and attention to detail in all areas of life? Oh, style of dress. Yeah, I'm influenced by who paid for it. Okay, next. (laughs) Well, um, a monthly check (laughs) has a little something to do with it. Um, yeah. No, so I, I number one is uh, I like I've always liked to dress comfortably and simply. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I'm hot all the time, so um, I I like thin t-shirts and thinner hoodies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I like to dress a little light, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I like baggy track pants and you know. You know, when I buy a pair of sweatpants, I'm like, oh, they're not too thick. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to have a couple pairs for, you know, I live in Canada. So you got, you know, you you got to go home. You need to be ready. Yeah. You know, you got to be ready. So but um, but I always like to dress simply lightly. I've always been a a sweat, sweatpants and and hoodie type of guy. I mean, from day one of my bodybuilding, I was always just like sweatpants and hoodie, sweatpants and hoodie. So I've dressed the same for essentially the last 30 years. Um, Jeans and T-shirt rock and roll style like you know mm-hmm. like you know i always joke that i you know i love girls in jeans and a t-shirt you know that that's sort of thing joke. that's a serious matter that's a serious <laughs> I, I i was never a, i was never like you know i'd see i worked in clubs for years right so i'd see some people come in all dressed up the girls are all dressed up with their heels on and the guys are all like looking snazzy and i was like eh, it's too much for me <laughs> I just didn't give a fuck just to, to do that and go out dressed like that to the club. Like if I'm going to the bar, I had like t-shirt G if I was going to the bar, like back in the day, I'd the, the dress up would be that I'd put gel in my hair. Right. right? <laughs> but it was the same jeans and t-shirt, but you would have worn going to I'd wear my good t-shirt, you know, the one that comes from the not gym pile. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, and, why, that's why I love the vintage. You're saying, yeah. You know, and I'd wear my clean runners that don't get squatted in, you know, <laughs> and uh, but yeah. And then and then, uh, you know, I the, the the big thing was when I started emceeing shows a few years ago and I had to get some suits. That was yeah. like an adventure because I was like, oh, my God, I have to like dress up a little bit. I, You know, I want to like put a little bit of effort into this. And so I got some nice suits made and I would really love to wear one again for some fucking reason. <laughs> I've been locked in locked out of uh wearing a suit for a lot for the whole year so um but i i'd always say just being simple comfortable and cool right and um cool i've always people <laughs> yeah yeah and um you know there's the odd time like you know i'll see somebody dressed a certain way mm-hmm. and i go eh. if i was like a normal dude like a skinny body yeah i would dress like that guy oh yeah i do that a lot i see a lot of looks that are I guess in my, I know what you would see is different than mine. I like over the top cool looks, not fancy, just too far. Cause I'm like, that's essentially what I did with my body right, right, right. <laughs> was, was went too far on purpose. I got a um, friend, my buddy James will show up at an event, you know, maybe it's something you got to dress up a little for, Yeah. you know, so you wear like a button up shirt and a nice pair, of, you know, pair of dress slacks or whatever. And he'll show up with like a bow tie and a fedora. Yeah, and you're like, that works. And I'm like, he can pull that off and suspense. Yeah, yeah. I know? like the dude that can pull that off. And I'm very clear on what I'm not. I'm like, I could not do that. 
Yeah, you can pull it off, and you're like, fuck, Jimmy can wear anything. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, so yeah. My, my quick answer to that is exactly the same as you. Comfort over anything. Yeah. Um, and then the I other would be... sweating and clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hate sweating. Like, nightmare. Nightmare. And then uh, if I'm going out, it's to not appear like I'm trying to look like a bodybuilder. I do not like things tight on my arms, which is hard to do now, honestly, because then usually it means it's sloppy in the mid well, you have 22-inch arms, but it's dusty. Yeah. But I mean... Just where you don't look like that guy that intentionally wore a shirt that's too small because yeah. he had to make sure the world knew that he had big arms. I've got a black gasp T-shirt uh-huh. that goes down to my elbow and has no markings on it whatsoever. That's a fave. And that's like my favorite going out shirt because yeah. I like, you know, you can still I mean, I'm lean. So you still see veiny forearms and stuff, but uh, but it's black, too. So it's like. He's kind of like, I feel like I blend in a little bit and I just, right. not a, it's not a, you know. It's funny when you're younger and you're into bodybuilding, the goal is to look big every time you leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. Once you get there, you're like, we got to tone this shit down. We're going to a restaurant. I want a, <laughs> I want a tight white t shirt. Yeah. Exactly. Because then you, you pop a little, up, yeah, you know, a little, a little higher on the arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good delt cap against the black background, you know? And that shit just goes backwards. Now you're in black, slightly too big. Just yeah. slightly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe no one will notice, which doesn't work. <laughs> also, too, I developed, uh, I was never a jewelry guy, mm-hmm. and I just developed a zero jewelry tolerance at some point. I own nothing. I don't own a watch. I don't own any jewelry at all, except I have two rings from Nationals. Right, the jewels don't wear. I only put the pro card ring on. When I MC or like if I think of it, it's like, it's like a big dinner we're going to or something, but I always forget to put it on. Right. Yeah. Which is like that. And that's my weird thing. I'm wearing uh, an entire outfit that's $86 top to bottom. And then I have a ridiculously expensive watch on every day. I'm going to leave it at ridiculously expensive, but that's the way it was. Right. <laughs> right. It's got to right. be a confusing thing to see because you're like $50 chucks, $12 pants, $3 t-shirt. What the fuck? <laughs> it is kind of funny. You got fifty dollars chucks in the, what? What is that? A printed Gildan T-shirt? Yeah, yeah, yep. it's exactly be, uh, right. Seven dollars, seven dollars with the silk screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, but I should add this watch. That's sensible. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was a good question. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because so, I, I didn't actually know the answer to that. I had to like think it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I find myself. Um, during COVID, especially, uh, I, I was like ordering stuff cause he was bored. So right. I bought like a few t-shirts that I would wear to dinner, but they're like, they're like kind of like stuff that brags about how old I am. Like I got a jailbreak, an ACDC 74 jailbreak t-shirt. <laughs> so I love that you're like me. You've embraced the fact that you're old and you're like, I'm just announcing it. Yeah. And it just says big number 74 jailbreak. That's all it says on the front. So people who see it are like, like older people are like, ah, oh, fucking cool shirt. And young people are like, I have no idea what that shirt's about. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Trust me. Do you, do you have many people are trying to figure out why you said all right three times? <laughs> right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Did you know that that wasn't in the script? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you got to watch Matthew McConaughey on Joe Rogan. He tells a whole story about how that that dazed and confused role exploded on him. He wasn't even supposed to barely be in the movie, but he had like one line. They kept him 
And then he got another line. They told him to come back the next day, put him in the background of another scene, blah, 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 blah. They're rewriting. And then the, all right, all right, all right. He's just supposed to say it once. All right. And he said, all right, all right, all right. And they were like, fuck. <laughs> Who is this guy? See, but that's okay. So here's the deal, Ron, because I joke about this. Some people are just cool. That's the thing. That's, that's what him. it is. Yeah. Because like I, like I, I, people think I joke. I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm not cool. That guy says that and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it should be done. Yes, yes. That's cool. I got time for one more, man, so you got to make it a good one. Make it a solid. Oh, man. I got clobbered this week. I have a lot. There's two. I guess one of them's kind of mean, unless the guy's dead. I don't know if you can talk about it. So I got two questions here. Maybe we can do them both at the same Shoot. time. That's fine. Because they're both great. One is... Who's the most underrated bodybuilder? Hard question to say. Are we saying historically or currently or at the pro level right now? So that we'll just let that rattle around in your head. Okay. Um, and then any times when you met, it says meet an athlete, but we'll say meet someone Elevated. above you mm-hmm. and we're disappointed. Yeah. What do you think? This will surprise people. And I, I have to, I have to, because I know the industry um, and everyone's got a bad day. I'm going to, I'm going to preface with that. But uh, Ronnie had a time in his career that he was not the favorite of a lot of places that he visited. Who? Ronnie Coleman. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there were, there were uh, a few times uh, that from people who I know well in the industry and I actually had to end up seeing in person where like he showed up late because he's running home and he could. Right. And that, and you know, what's crazy is I, I know Ronnie and I've met him. So it's almost hard for me to even imagine, but it's true. And I can't imagine because I am known to show up when I want to, to things, but not professionally ever. You right. know that like I'm never late coming down the stairs at an event, no. um, but I'm late to the gym every day. Right. I'm late on my own time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that was a that was a shocker because um, because there were multiple occasions where I did an event that he did and I would see something and be like, ooh, that's what you went with. Huh. You know, so I think there were, I think that for a moment and who knows why it was an arrogance dripped in that, that I think has since disappeared. Right. Um, but yeah, that was disappointing for sure. How about you? That. Sometimes that happens when you're at the very top. There's just so much going on that it's almost impossible to be good at managing your time perfectly. And now maybe he's just getting tugged in so many directions with so many, you know, like I've heard some nightmare stories from other people too. Like Johnny Jackson told me about this one time they went somewhere for an event Mm -hmm. and the promoter had like him and Dennis James and like four people in this. And the promoter just without really telling them, wanted to do these three drop buys on the way to the event. Yeah. And that's not what we get paid for. And he's like, what are we doing? Stopping at this story? He's like, oh, we're just going to run in for a minute, take some photos. And they realized they were being scooted around to these things that weren't on the itinerary. Yeah, that's not the deal. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're, they're like, Hey, we're supposed to be at this event that we're being paid to show up to that people are at, and you're running us around to your friend's supplement stores. You know, yeah. so there was like a big thing and they're like, we're going straight there. And Johnny said like, oh, yeah, it's Flex Wheeler. Put his fucking foot down. 
He's like, I'm not getting in that fucking vehicle unless we go straight to that event. Like he was really pissed. Right. And eventually they got there. So like there's, I, I totally get what you're saying, but sometimes that sort of shit is happening on the side, but yeah, it can get messy. Yeah. No, there's definitely, there's definitely just, there's just ways to do things. So like I said, that's why I prefaced with, you don't really know why. Yeah. You just know but when you see it and you're, you know, and you watch like, how I would walk into a room if I was two hours late and there was a line of hundreds of people waiting, I wouldn't have walked in. Right. <laughs> and right. everyone would have known that I was mortified <laughs> when I got there. You know. What about what about most underrated bodybuilder? Oh God, this is such a list. Um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, okay, which one do you want to go with? Are we going current? Or are we going all Let's go time? Current. Current. Who's a pro right now? And you're like, people just aren't paying attention to this dude. Oh, fuck. All right. Answer because I have to look him up because my brain just didn't work. But uh, I know who it is. Can I tell my disappointment story? Yes. So I was at the Olympia one time with Mutant. Mm -hmm. And I looked across the hallway. You just disappeared. No, I just I'm back. You're back. And I looked across the aisle, and lo and behold, Gary Stratum was sitting there. Right. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like a huge Gary Stratum fan when I started training. Because right. he, he was my height, and he was like two, 228 pounds at the 1989 Olympia. Right. And amazing. And he, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking like, fuck. That's an awesome bodybuilder. And then he did the WBF thing where he was like the big 250-pound freak. And he was like one of the kind of like, oh, shit. And so I was like, I want to go meet Gary Stratum. So I kind of walked over there. And -hmm. he was sitting there, and he had his phone, and he had some papers, and he had some food. And I I stood there for a second, and uh, he didn't look up. And there was no one around. Like the booth was still getting like finished. Like it was early in the morning. And but there was like it was open, like people were walking around and I noticed there's some kids came up and stood at the table with me. So there's three of us now standing at right. the table and he like so he re- knows you're there. He's just not looking up. Used to acknowledge us. Mm-hmm. So I, I walked back across and I was like, hey, he's having a bad morning or whatever. And those two kids stood there for a while and he just picked up his phone. And then I watched and he looked up at the kids and he went and he looked back down at his phone. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing at that booth? Yeah. Like, what do you think you're here for? And also, too, like, it's like 2013. The fact that one even gives a shit that you're there is something. You know, like, you should be, you know, pretty happy that you're at the booth. People want to line up for you still. Right. And then I watched a lot of people, like, wait a lot at that booth. And he was, like, very taking his time. And I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I remember just thinking like, well, that was not how I would have handled that at all. Yeah. You know who else did that actually on that subject? Now, to nail it more specific in my experience was Frank Zane. Uh, I, did, I, had a, uh, I had a show that he was at and we were backstage and we were going to, you know, number one, I watched him interact with people and he was just kind of a dick. Um, and then, you know, you just stand on the side and they got the overall going and, and I was like, so who do you think we, he and I were taking it out to him. I'm like, who do you think we're taking this to? He goes, I don't know. They all suck. And I'm like, 
Right. Right. And I'm thinking, I understand what you're saying like at that level. But to literally say, oh, there's people around and shit, too. It wasn't like he and I having a little bro moment. I was yeah. Like, and that's how he carried himself all the way out. And then he walked up and handed the dude very blatantly, I don't give a fuck, and then walked away. And I'm like, you know that me at my age doesn't give a shit about you. I barely can. I don't consider you one of the greatest players. I think you look like a small man. Like, yeah. so now you're enhancing everything I already disliked about you. Take a, like, yeah, it comes <laughs> off. It comes off at a bitterness of how things have changed. Yeah. And I was just, so then I was, it was just, that was an experience where it was directly me. Yeah. There's no denying. I was like, Oh, you're a dick. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and the only difference was, thank God I was old enough that I didn't say that because a couple of years before that, I'm like, Oh, so you're a dick. Got it. Now we both know. <clears throat> so, and I've had now since I, I've seen him twice and it was both the same. I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. Cool. Good to know. Because I know a lot of people a lot more famous than you that aren't. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that you're lucky that people want, you know, pay you to show up to stuff. Yeah, that's, that I mean, doesn't last forever. For you, dude. Like, I hate when someone says, oh, I saw the gym, but I didn't want to bug you. I'm like, please do. Because yeah, like no, years, I, I no it. one's ever going to give a shit when I'm in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I will take this. this is, you know what I mean? And yeah, there's a right and wrong way to do it. But, yeah. But there should never be a time where someone doesn't feel like they should walk over. Yeah. I, I just, I just awesome. ask, I just ask people, I'm like, listen, I love it when people come and say hi during my workout. I'm lucky that people want to do that. Just don't ask me a 10 minute question. Yeah. Because yeah. the reason I don't like that is because I want to answer your question. Incorrect. But I yeah. can't because yeah. it's too long of an answer. So if you ask me a question while I'm training, I'm forced to give you like a super short answer or tell you I can't answer your question. So just save the questions, that's all. Yeah, but like, I've had, I've had over and be like, hey, what's them. up? Hey, uh, you know, watch the show the other day. It was fucking funny. That one part was funny. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. You know, like, it's all good. Yeah, agreed. So, and as far as underrated bodybuilder go, um, first thing on the top of my head was Akeem. Which and I don't think he was the case I, anymore. <laughs> right, but I think there's still a lingering underratedness. Right. He he. There's still people that don't say his name when they should. Right. No, that's that's definitely. And true. I mean, there's also lots of other guys that I think are underrated. Like I think Raphael's underrated. Oh, for sure. He's got one of the most beautiful physiques on in the on the planet right now, mm. and and is a threat to win anything he enters. Mm. But I think just when people say who's underrated for some reason, the first thing popped in my head was Akeem's still underrated. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I was going to – so I, I'm going to do two as well, one well-known, one not as well as should be. Uh, I think Max Charles is underrated. Okay. Um, and I do know that he's got to hit it just right a little bit. Um, and he and I actually had a conversation because I was like, man, I don't know what you have to do. And I was really impressed because his answer was, I have to get bigger. Yep. Like, he didn't he fight. He was he like, I have it. to be bigger. He's not um, so I loved that because it showed me who he is. Uh, and then Sean Smith uh, oh, is someone who I yeah. think is just a freak. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that dude's build. Yeah. He is a nutty looking freak. Yeah. And people know him. So he's getting there. But even as a competitive bodybuilder, I think he's better than he's getting credit for so far. I just wanted to keep looking like that on Instagram because it makes me want to train back. Right. <laughs> or shoulders. Or, or shoulders. Or packs. You know what looks like to me is a, uh, is a Mr. Potato. We're like, oh, add a delt. And you're like, you he's add, awesome. like a separate piece of meat. <laughs> I, I love that look though. He's got the 3D, the crazy 3D thing. I love it. So yeah, he's a favorite for sure. Okay. 
Well, I know we got to go, and uh, I got I got a full bladder, man. I pushed it, dude. Finish line. Okay, remember everybody: like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell, banner. Put the banner at the beginning of the show as well. Banner again. There you go. (laughs) We got to we got to get some guests on. There's a lot of people that are like, I want to come on. Let's do it, and we just haven't booked them because we're having fun chatting, Dusty. Yeah, well, people seem to like us chatting. But let's let's have a talk. We'll line up a couple February interviews for everybody. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, buddy. And remember, everyone, it's just bodybuilding.